Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature center paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature center paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms, through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. <clears throat> Welcome to our show. My name is Deborah Rose, and I'm your host on Circle Talk. Circle Talk will be one of the shows featured on the Circle Sanctuary Network Podcast, or CSNP. The Circle Sanctuary Network Podcast team have put together a lineup of rotating shows throughout the month. Mondays feature Lunatic Mondays with host Laura Gonzalez, and they, the shows alternate at weeks in English and Spanish. It can't be Tuesday without Circle Talk, and I'll continue to be the host for this fun show on the first and third Tuesdays of each month. Wednesday features Nature Spirituality with Selena Fox. Are you in the mood for some magic? Then you'll want to tune in on Thursday for Moon Magic with Jeanette and David Ewing. It's such a fun and informative lineup of shows. I hope you try them all. Tonight we'll be learning more about Lady Liberty League. Lady Liberty League was founded in 1985 by Selena Fox and others. Lady Liberty League is a religious freedom and civil rights support organization sponsored by Circle Sanctuary, an international Wiccan church, and a pagan resource center headquartered in Wisconsin. Lady Liberty League provides religious freedom support for Wiccans, pagans, and other nature religion practitioners worldwide. Lady Liberty League members include specialists in a variety of focus areas, including public relations, countering harassment, employment issues, child custody cases, military affairs, law enforcement relations, legal affairs, interfaith relations, scholar support, and others. The Ladies Liberty League does referrals as well as education, network counseling, and publishing as part of its work. We will be talking with Reverend Diana Minerva Dugan, who is the Assistant Director of Lady Liberty League. She has been part of Lady Liberty League since 2013. She's a Circle Sanctuary Minister, and I was fortunate to attend her ordination in 2019. In her professional career, Minerva is an attorney and a project manager for the government. Let's bring her on and learn more about Lady Liberty League. Welcome, Minerva. Hey, Deborah Rose. How you doing? I'm doing great. Good. I think you pretty much covered it all. <laughs> no, I have lots of questions. No. And again, yeah, I find it interesting that... So you've been working with Lady Liberty League for like seven years. That's quite a long time. How did you I hear have. about Lady Liberty League? Well, actually, I've attended the Pagan Spirit Gathering, which is the summer solstice uh-huh. gathering for uh, Circle Sanctuary, since 2001. And I heard about Lady Liberty League, or LLL, during the um, Pentacle Quest, um, during which Selena Fox and Circle and a 
a large group of folks nationwide uh-huh. worked to get the um, Department of the Government or the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs to allow pinnacles to be on gravestones for veterans. Right. And so this was 2005, I think. And um, uh-huh. being that I used to be an attorney and I worked for the government, um, that just piqued my interest. And I thought, shoot, when I retired, I retired in 2012, I would have plenty uh-huh. of time. And sure enough, and I started working with LLL in 2013. Oh, so that's that, how I that, got there. Well, congratulations on retirement. Uh, Thank you very although much. Although, if you're working with this, and I know Selena, you probably don't have much more time since when you're working. I am busier anyway. now. <laughs> yep. I am busier now than I ever have been. Oh. Uh, so tell us what Lady Liberty League is. Okay. Um, well, you gave a bit of it in the intro. Um Lady Liberty League was founded in 1985 as mm-hmm. the civil rights arm, in a sense, of Circle Sanctuary. Um, at that time, there was a movement in Congress to remove some rights and, and benefits from churches, specifically pagan churches. Right. Um, and they were putting, uh, Congress was putting a rider onto the funding bill that would have funded the post office and had hoped that it would um, been buried so that they could just remove these rights from non-Christian churches. And um, Selena and a group of folks um, found, found out and started to take grassroots action and um, the, the amendment was struck. So um, that was the start of our civil rights work. And what we do now is when someone has had their First Amendment freedom of religion rights denied, they come to us for help, and we determine if there's anything that we can do. Um, we often meet with them or talk with them and then um, see what it is we can do to help, whether it's education or networking or um, reaching out to help the person asking work with uh, bureaucracy and maneuver their way there. Sometimes it's just counseling in a, and I don't mean that in a formal professional way, but mm-hmm. being with them spiritually and energetically to work through a process, you know, just walking with them. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes we are, as you mentioned, reaching out to academia and to groups sort of in our network to um, to try to figure out what we can do and how we can change things. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I know um, you were and you retired an attorney. Um, has that training education helped you in working with oh this my, organization? Oh, my gosh, it so has. Firstly, um, I am not intimidated by um, by the judicial system or by bureaucracies. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I worked for one of the biggest ones in the world. And um, oh. easy not always easy, but it's not hard for me to reach out and call somebody or drop a letter or a note to somebody or something like that. Um, and all that training, it's, it's almost as if all my professional career aligned perfectly for me to do this work, this volunteer work, the Circle Sanctuary and LLL. That's so fun. Yeah, because I would say, um, you know, I don't have any experience working 
with the government. So if someone told me no, I would just think no. And, and I've learned through the Pinnacle Quest that you have to try another avenue. You have to keep going. Persistence is the key. Absolutely. That's absolutely right. Sometimes no is the answer, but rarely is it the first answer. Yeah. So, so yeah. what type of cases have you worked on or you've seen as you've been with Lady Liberty League? Oh, my gosh, uh, a myriad of cases. Um, we've had a fair number since in the seven years I've been with, with them. We've had a fair number of child custody cases where either one of the parties in a divorce, one of the parents, is trying to withhold custody from the other parent because of their faith. You know, mm-hmm. some people jump to conclusions if you're um, if you're pagan or mm-hmm. wicked. Um, and the weird thing about that is often both parents were pagan, and mm-hmm. once they divorced, one of them moved away from it. Sometimes it's right. grandparents that come in and try those cases. Um, oh, wow. We get a lot of those. Yeah, we get a fair number of cases with education system where um, things like prayers are being said, but they're not, you know, and they may let uh, Jewish and Muslim and um, various forms of Christianity, Christian prayers be said, but won't let the Wiccan or pagan child say their prayer or even holiday carols at a holiday show um, need to be, if you're going to offer one faith, you need to offer them all. Yeah, we, um, we've spoken of this before, but last year um, there was a uh, county commissioner running for the mayor of Green Bay, and he mm-hmm. came out and in as part of his campaign said, I think we should have prayer before every council meeting, um, and but it should only be Christian prayer because um, pagans, I can't remember if he used pagans or Wiccans, you know, because they're mm-hmm. Satanists and horrible and blah 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 and that was brought to our attention by a member of circle sanctuary and um we called him i called him personally and educated him and he apologized to me and then withdrew his comments and um reported you know apologized to the news outlet the news station that had um reported it and they they aired a correction so um, so there's that. That's working with the media. We get a fair number of cases from prisoners in jails and state and federal prisons who feel that their rights to practice faith have been violated or are limited somehow. And those are a horse of a different color, so to speak. Um, at those kind of because at those kind of institutions, security is is um, is essential and um, foremost. And if there is a tool that a practitioner wants to use that could also be used as a weapon, for example, Correct. then they're not going to be allowed to have it. Let's say like an athenate. Like an athenate, or, right. Absolutely. Or, um, uh, you know, some things can be sharpened to be weaponized. Um, right. And could, while, yeah. while the practitioner may want an SMA, for example, they're not going to be allowed one. But we do work with the prisoners, and we're working more with the chaplains now to make sure that um, rules and regulations are evenly applied. So if 
um, Christians are allowed prayer books, then pagans mm-hmm. should be allowed some sort of um, uh, literature if they're allowed of their faith for Judaism and Islam, then tarot cards or um, certain oils, prayer oils should be allowed. So mm-hmm. we work to make sure that that happens um, as long as it's within are, the are limits successful? of the truth. Um, usually we are, that's not always. It is. And the rules differ from state to state and even county to county. Wow. Um, we like have been example. working. All right. So um, in some states, they'll allow tarot cards, tarot decks, um, or they'll allow specific books. Let's go with that one. Um Scott Cunningham books and that sort of thing, and they right. don't look at them really closely. But then there are others that um, some counties and states won't allow, such as the um, Witch's Goddess or the books mm-hmm. by the Ferrars, because there's nudity mm-hmm. in them. And the same is oh. true with tarot decks. If it's something, um, some will allow the Rider Waite right. deck to be used, and others because I believe it's the World Card have right. a naked figure and maybe the devil does as well and the lovers, they won't some won't allow that deck in. They go they require a more neutral deck because they just okay. don't want it to be anything controversial. And you know, if it's something that could cause problems with security, you've got to respect that. Yes. So there are those kind of things we've had folks ask us for help, military folks ask us for help because it is part of their tradition to wear a beard, and the military would say they were, they couldn't do it. Um, we've been very successful with that. In fact, um, I just noticed a couple of announcements from the Department of Defense recently where they said they're allowing it now, and that was unsolicited from us. It's been a few years since we've handled those kind of cases. Wow. So it, it runs a big range, big range. I know you've talked about different states and cities. So is um, Lady Liberty League is just not, because Circle Sanctuary is located in Wisconsin. You just don't deal with cases in in Wisconsin near Circle Sanctuary. That's correct. We can reach out and touch these folks, um, you know, if need be. But um, we are available pretty much globally, and we get requests from people globally, more often than not nationally. But, um, and actually, I think fewer requests from inside Wisconsin than outside Wisconsin. And we get them from local levels, state and federal. And occasionally we'll have somebody reach out to us from Europe or um, we had one from Norway a couple of years ago. Wow. Um, yeah. Do you remember what the issue was? Yeah, in this in the Norway case, there wasn't a lot that we could do. It was a political asylum seeker from a country in Africa that um, in North Africa that was um, putting pagans to death. This person wanted to go back to their country, but there was nothing we could do. Um, short, I mean, reaching out to the embassy is one thing, but there was just nothing we could do within the constraints of our group that would have had right. enough impact internationally. So that person ended up staying in Norway to the best of our knowledge. 
at least for a while. I think the thing some people don't realize is that we are all volunteers and everything we do, uh, I mean, you know, it's part of Selena's everyday work and she works right like crazy, but everybody's a volunteer and including anybody we reach out to or network with. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. None of us get paid for this and we have other stuff, you know, many other people work outside their home. So, right. Um, yeah, it's tough. So take us through the process. So let's just say somebody calls in and they were they say they were laid off because they're pagan. What's the next step? What's the process look like? Okay, thanks. That's a good question. Usually what happens is if I have a if we have a phone number for them, it's usually me that reaches out by phone. Um I'm really comfortable with that and Casey, our case manager, uh Reverend Pope uh reaches out by email because she's really good at that so um if i can or if we can i'll reach out by phone and sort of and get as much information as i can sometimes they will call into the circle office and leave a message sometimes it's a message on our facebook page sometimes it's an email message you know it depends on how things come in sometimes folks um will go to the lll page on circles um website and fill out the help request form and send that mm-hmm. in. But anyway, the first thing that I do, the first thing that we do is sort of vibe it out, and that is to see if we can get a good, cohesive idea of what's been happening and um, how the person feels their rights have been violated and um, if they've done anything before reaching out to us. So let me walk through some examples. Yeah, um, yeah, let's, let's use the employment case. Yeah, the employment case. We just recently had one. Um, in this case, the person uh, was getting ready to um, reach out to the Equal Opportunity Employment Agency or Commission, EEOC, which is a federal mm-hmm. agency that helps with these kinds of things. They weren't quite sure if that was the route they should take, if – um, what else they had to do, you know, that sort of thing. So um, in this case, it was me who reached out to them and um, got the full story and asked them to fill out the help request form and provide whatever documentation they had. And um, in any case where there is an administrative process by which you can get relief, you do that first. So in this case, she went to her human resources office, or to her boss and her human resources office, neither of them were any help. So she went to the EEOC, and they were helping and said that she had a case. And once she did that, and this was after she talked with us, um, we were available if if the EEOC needed information on pagans or Wiccans or, you know, spiritual practice. But... they, the company had violated her rights and they had dismissed her based on another employee's complaints about her faith, even though it had nothing to do with her work. And um, yeah, last I heard her complaint um, was successful, although they hadn't settled it yet. They were still discussing terms. Um, She had found another job, so there would be some sort of settlement from the um, Mm -hmm. company that had done you know, violated her rights. Usually, mm-hmm. um, 
in general terms, we think of violation of First Amendment rights as limiting somebody's right to practice their faith. You know, like right. if I said to you, all right, Deborah Rose, um, you're not allowed to practice your faith in your house, then I'm going to call the cops every time right. you do. Um, right. But it's not just that. In property use, it's also discriminating in housing or employment or education based on faith. So um, we get involved in all those kinds of cases. So anyway, um, what we do once we get the general information from the person asking for help is we staff the um, the information or the case. Um, Casey assigns some case numbers and we gather all the details we can and identify the parties, um, the hurt party and the one causing the problems. And, and we talk about the case and what we can actually do with it. Uh, we can, um, as I mentioned, we can reach out and try to educate folks. Had it been a school case, we may have been able to reach out to the school superintendent or the principal or the teacher um, to try to educate them and remind folks of First Amendment constitutional rights. Um, in the case of employment, it's not usual for us to do that, but um, mm-hmm. we do our best. And then as things progress, we check in and we offer, you know, assistance, somebody to listen to, somebody to talk about strategizing, you know, we offer that. And then and then we close cases. And I think we had about 70 cases in 2018 of a variety yeah. of kinds. Yeah. And we don't act on all the cases that we get because some of them are really not violation of rights. You know, like um, we had one where uh, a child was told they weren't allowed to come to school and the parent thought it had to do with the child's jewelry, which was faith-based and that they were pagan. But but when we dealt Yes, exactly. But when we delved into it, it wasn't that the child couldn't wear the pinnacle, but they could wear crosses and stars of David. It was that the child had been misbehaving in a way that the parent didn't want to acknowledge. So, um, so, you know, we, we try to ferret that out as well. So you really try to look at the case to see if it's a first amendment issue or if it's just some other issue. Right, right. I, we do occasionally get the case in divorce or in um, child custody where, um, let's say, the mom wants custody and the dad's saying, no, you can't have custody. Sometimes the mom will reach out or one parent will reach out and say, um, he said I couldn't have the kids because I'm pagan and I'm afraid he's going to do something. And we we will advise. We will offer information. We offer to talk to attorneys and to judges and that sort of thing. Um, but often, maybe not often, but usually, let's say, yeah, it is true. Usually um, it's just a threat made by the parent fighting for custody and they don't take it to court. Um, but we are ready. We have standard, you know, standard responses, standard ways in which we reach out to the judiciary and stuff like that. So, so yeah. Um, so and there, uh, I'm sorry. Can I just uh, one thought came to mind. On those times when we can't or won't take a case, so it's not an issue, or there are 
agencies or organizations that are suited than us, or it's just beyond us as volunteers, um, we let the person know that we can't help. And when we can, offer suggestions on other things that they can do, like reach out to the ACLU or contact an attorney or uh, something like that. You know, we try to offer suggestions. I know you um, have said a lot of different agencies, so it sounds like that Lady Liberty League doesn't just work on its own. I know you, you mentioned the EEOC. Tell us about working with other agencies and, and how receptive they've been. Um, well, we, it, it, I, I want to say it depends upon the agency, but that's not really the case. Sometimes it depends upon the day and what their other load right. is. We do um, – we do have contacts with the ACLU. Uh, Selena's done a fair amount of work with them. And um, it depends upon the kind of activity that it is or um, the magnitude of what's going on. You know, if it looks like uh, an employer has a huge pattern of discrimination or uh, a school does, then they might get involved. But we, we work with the ACLU. We work with um, Americans United for the Separation of Church and State. Mm-hmm. Um, that, working with them, has, is really good. Sometimes they bring cases to our attention. Sometimes we actually refer folks to them um, because some of these other groups are, are funded and have people that work full-time. Um, mm-hmm. When somebody reaches out that is um, a heathen, we may refer them to the Trope, um, which is a group of heathens. I think they're based in California, and they mm-hmm. have experience in helping folks. And um, sometimes if it's been discrimination, we will reach out to heathens against hate um, to try to get help that way if it's something that we can't handle. You know, um, if it's a heathen asking for help, it's better, it's more ideal if they work with an organization that's more familiar with their practice. Mm-hmm. So so we try to do that. Um, we, so, I've so had much, some... Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, so other, besides government, you're working with other um, pagan organizations and a diversity of faith. Yeah, so you, you it's basically um, other pagan organizations non-faith-based organizations, and um, sometimes it's other, it's not other pagan faiths, but other faiths in general. Uh, we, Selena and I sit on the Religious Practices Advisory Committee for the Wisconsin Department of Corrections to advise mm-hmm. on pagans' rights for the incarcerated, and we work with those folks and have interactions on situations with um Muslims, with Buddhists, with Hindus, with Jews, um, with folks of several forms of Christianity, and with humanist atheists. So um, it really just depends upon um, what the case requires. And then we've had folks that are that lean toward paganism but are Christian. You know, there are mm-hmm. crystal witches, and they've reached right. out. So, yeah. We... We work really hard to help whoever asks for help if it's something we can do. Um, Occasionally, a prisoner might reach out saying their rights have been violated when they haven't or it's just been a security Mm -hmm. issue. Um, 
and we will we'll say no to them. Um, but we will try to work with the chaplain and with the um, prison or the jail if that if it you know if it's a case that we can help with. So, do yeah. you as an organization does it have a pretty um, what's the success rate of working with um, you know in these cases? So that's really a hard one to give because success is measured differently depending upon the kind of case. Right. Um, I would say easily 20 or 25% of people that ask um, don't really have a religious rights issue. Right. So uh, we have to go back to them and say, you know, we can't help you, but here you might want to do this. Or they come to us for something we can't do. So it might be a religious issue, but what they really need is an attorney and although I used to practice I don't anymore and we don't have we don't have staff we don't have funding um, it's all volunteer so we can't provide attorneys or representation in court or something like that um, but for the most part we are successful so I would say 60 to 75 percent in helping wow. to guide yeah well and, and some of that is, remember, just providing um, support or helping. Um, uh, I'm going to make a blanket statement, but I think it's true for many of us. When you're faced with a, a bureaucracy or some sort of turmoil that upsets your life, sometimes it's hard to figure out what to do next. And right. or it, in some cases, threats to your life and your livelihood. Um, and very often what we do is, to help them see that there are people out there that will help us and other people. And if it's their physical security, we do what we can. We have some volunteers that will help with that. Um, but, you know, to just walk with through whatever the situation is. And sometimes that's all it takes, you know, is to say, you're right. You have an issue. Right. Despite what your ex says, you're not crazy. Or despite what your employer says, you're not crazy. Right. Um you have a right to practice, and here we'll walk with you as you find an attorney or as you go to the EEOC or that sort of thing. So, Are there any types of cases that you won't touch? Like I know you say you work with child custody. I mean, are there any cases that are too hot or you just that's just not your area that you get a lot? Nope, that, that's a good question. Um, so I've got two areas, and they are really diverse. Um, the first one is, um, this is not a blanket statement, but when somebody right. from a prison reaches out for, to us, one of the things we do is we look at what they're in prison for. And if we've had complaints from them before, you know, and if it looks like they are a serial complainer when they really mm -hmm. don't have issues, or their crime has been so heinous, and therefore their right to practice is going to be um, is not allowed. We don't take those mm -hmm. cases. So it is often um, pedophilia and or mm -hmm. sex crimes. Um, we have offered some support, some information, not support, on um, a murder case or two. Um, we've also refused some because the issue wasn't really a violation of rights. It was mm -hmm. that the it was that the person seeking help was pagan, but you know we just don't help any pagan. We it has to be a First Amendment issue. 
So that's a really good point. So, and and I hadn't really thought of it like that before. So, if you know, I'm Wiccan. So just because I get in like some financial trouble, that isn't the issue. You do explain that about First Amendment rights. Exactly what sure. you're looking for. Glad to do it. And I've got a couple of of examples. Um, okay. We had one case where somebody reached out to us, and they wanted to put their products. Um, and I can't remember what they were, but they wanted to post them on somebody else's website for sale. And the other person's website regularly took commissions to sell other people's products. Well, Mm -hmm. the person reaching out for help said, well, these people aren't taking our products because we're pagan. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, but all right. Firstly, the, the people denying the products, um, have a private website through which they sell, they choose what they can sell. They were doing nothing to tell the person that wanted to post their product. They were doing nothing to say you can't practice your faith or um, you can't have housing or you can't work or anything like that because you're pagan. They were, all they said was your product gel with the things that we offer um, please find someplace else. So it was really a matter of commerce than it was mm-hmm. about rights to, fr- to freedom of religion. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. So you okay. you were looking for a case that someone has had discrimination or their rights yeah, violated. A- absolutely. So in the cases of 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 school where um, a, a child or a teen has been told they can't wear a pentacle but other forms of faith-based jewelry are allowed, we'll get involved with that because expression of faith, uh, that is discrimination against faith. And we've had issues of housing where it's been specifically based on faith and the employment issues we've talked about as well. Um, But if it is, um, I don't know, some other reason, and and the, let's say the parent is saying um, it's because we're pagan when it really isn't, then we're right. not going to take that case. I may refer them to somebody else, or Selena might or Casey might, but we right. won't take the case because we've got to be judicious because we can't take them all. Right. You know, I would think, and I'm sitting here thinking, um, I would I would think an education, a board of education who, who says they can't wear a pentacle, that's pretty clear cut, but I would think it would be very hard to – to discover housing discrimination? Um, it, it sometimes is, but, um, and the thing with housing discrimination. I mean, are people really is, 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 yeah. um, is yep. they say, I don't want you because you're pagan? Yep, people do that. Yeah. Landlords have gone to tenants and said, I don't like what you're doing because they assume they're sacrificing goats or they're doing right. some evil or harm rather than asking. Um, they just assume those kind of things or they're not what the landlord is and that bothers them. And we've had that in not just residential cases, but landlords in commercial cases as well with businesses. Um, they will do that. And it's, it's one thing if the tenant is a bad tenant, but it's another right. thing if, 
if they're being kicked out because of their faith, and that's against the law. And we work to educate folks and to help the people asking for help. Um, I'd like to go back just a minute. When you asked if there were cases that we don't take, there is one other kind, and it might sound a little weird, but if somebody comes to us for help and they've also asked for other agencies or um, let's say they've gone to the EEOC, the ACLU, American United, and and us, and maybe an attorney, uh, we do. We will take the information, but we may ask they wait until they've heard from those agencies before they come to us. And then another another um, part of that is sometimes the person requesting help will go to the media first rather mm-hmm. than reaching out to anybody else, and that can be real difficult to maneuver. I don't think that would ever be good. And tell me about it. It is cases not. That I've done. No. Also, give us an right. example. Um, oh, let me think. Um, she's not. It hasn't happened in a little while, but um, we've had some where folks thought they were being discriminated against, and they called the local right. news, and um, and they cover. They started to cover the story, and I think that it went. If not national, it went regional. And mm-hmm. there was a lot of, not hate speech, but inflamed speech between the parties. Right. And really when that happens, there's nothing we can do about it. No amount of us trying to calm the situation or talk to folks will help. Um, uh, let's see. We had one where that happened where it was a, a tenancy issue, a landlord-tenant issue. And ra- and um Rather than reaching out for help first, the tenant went to the the news. Um, and it's not that we shy away from it. We are willing to deal with the media, but there are ways to do it and do it effectively and to do it with a good message. And sometimes somebody who thinks they're being discriminated against um, will go in headstrong and spit in fire, mm-hmm. and nobody hears the message then. Uh, it's you know you know they'll say well yeah that's those pagans that's the way they are and nothing we can do about that really yeah and, and again I know we've had to um, be careful in general with um, media coverage because it's distorted and you know if it's a slow news day people talk about Satanists which has nothing to do with Wicca and yeah it can be yeah just real yep. it just goes wildfire. Yep. We try. All right. So when there's something on the news or on a broadcast um, thing, we will try to um, help out, guide folks. Um, but, yeah, when it gets like that and it really becomes divisive, there's, we're not going to be heard. And there are other folks that we can help more readily. I hope that sounded okay. Absolutely. So I know you all are volunteers, but um... – is there a fee? Do you charge um, when people ask for help? We don't. Nope. Wow. Nope. Um, we have, we will, if necessary, offer to be um, expert witnesses. I believe Selena has done that before. Um, mm-hmm. We will, which sometimes, you know, there's cost. In that case, we may ask that that's covered or that is right. Within our rights asset that that's covered, but no, the rest right. is volunteer. Everything that we do, um, you know, everything that Selena does and Casey does, 
we fund, if there's any funding involved, you know, usually it's just travel or research or right. our volunteers help. We have a network of volunteers that help with research and um, sometimes with reaching out, you know, if, um, if we have a, a Wiccan in Minnesota, we know some folks up that way right. that might be able to help to reach out and comfort. So we'll do that. Right. Do other organizations reach out to you? I mean, is it only individual folks, or do do organizations reach out to you? As in, reach out for help? Yes. Or um, or information. We do get people reaching out for information. Um, we get it from other groups. Like, there's there's pretty good conversations between Americans United for Separation of Church and State and the ACLU mm-hmm. and some other organizations like that, they know they can call us or somebody will call that knows Selena from one of those will call and say, hey, this crossed my desk or I saw this in the news. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes the Wild Hunt reaches out to us if, if they're writing a story or they see something that's, that comes across their desk. Um, sometimes, um, what was the other one I was going to say? Um Sometimes the, a Department of Corrections or a chaplain will reach out to us to find out what it is they can do to help a pagan um, prisoner. You know, how can we mm-hmm. accommodate that person without um, without um, breaching security or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the wild to go back to the wild hunt for a minute. Sometimes they'll let us know about cases and or they'll reach out to interview us on a specific case or a specific issue. Um, recently, there's been, we've, we had some folks reach out on our Facebook page that are concerned because there's been a move to try to copyright the word heathen. Um, mm-hmm. It's copyright or trademark. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, or patented. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what it was. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, so we've had some discussion around that as well. So uh, other people do reach out to us. You know, some um, a lot of the other thing in that is that sometimes folks in an education setting will I will reach out. I've um, helped with teaching um, a block of paganism in some archaeology classes and anthropology mm-hmm. classes. I know Selena has done that sort of thing. I don't know if Casey has, but also when students are doing papers or research, they will often reach out to us. And uh, either ask for information or ask to interview Selena or ask for some questions to be answered, that sort of thing. So, and and I'm always surprised in this day and age um, with the information and the Internet and so many things, surprised by people who are sheltered. Um, So a, a lot of, do you feel that when you talk with people, do you think it's just an educational deficit they really have strong misconception about paganism? More often than not, they just, I don't want to say they don't have a clue, but it's the wrong clue. You right. know, they're, um, miscon- they, they're misinformed, like the politician in Green Bay. Um, mm-hmm. Whether that was true or not, he blamed it on his staff who said who, and that, that was probably true because that's so how politicians work, their staff will give them mm-hmm. information. Um, or they they learn a certain way growing up, and then some folks just continue with that mindset unless they reach they uh, in, 
encounter an opportunity to learn and change. There are those folks that will, will not change the way they, what their outlook is or what their point of view is, but for the most part, we have been able to, or we try to convince them, um, you know, hey, the, if you think about doing spells or meditating or sending energy, that is no different than prayer in my mind. Uh-huh. And when you can relate something like that to somebody that and use their language, that helps. Uh-huh. I th- this is how I find that having been an attorney and having worked for the government is really helpful for me because I can often use lang- more common language in terms right. of paganism. And when you can find a common denominator or common language, um, it's really helpful, really helpful. So, and besides education, what I have found in my limited experience is that people just have this unfounded fear. And I don't know if it's from movies they watch or misconceptions, but they're just really afraid of things they don't understand. Well, you're right about that. And I think you hit the nail on the head with the media. Also, though, and I am not pointing fingers at any particular faith, but there are Mm -hmm. faiths that preach that anything besides them and, and I, is not their faith is not real. Is, yeah, exactly. It's not, not real, including yeah. other forms of Christianity. I, uh, when I was growing up, uh, um, there were folks. I was raised Catholic, and there were folks that thought Catholics were just the same as pagans, and that's mm-hmm. dating me some. But you know, but that's the way it was when I was growing up in the area of the South that I grew up in. So, um, and and. Again, if folks don't have that exposure um, or don't go searching for information, then they're just going to continue to believe that because there's no reason to change. I have met a lot of people who, who, who are another faith and maybe base their impressions of my faith on the movie The Craft or the TV show Charmed. And of course, it's just yep. funny. And then when we have a dialogue and I tell them this is what I do and how I practice, they go, that's it? I mean, I think they think yep. there's something more exploratory or, or, or glamorous. Or I'm like, no, basically I do much that's of right. I like those. I sing. I do kind that's of all the stuff it. you can do. <laughs> yeah. Boy, if I could um, apparate and go from place to place or touch somebody and know Absolutely. what they were thinking, or what, wouldn't that be amazing? But, yeah, it doesn't work that way, <laughs> at least not for me. So if we have a listener out there and they think that, oh, wow, you know, I've been discriminated against, maybe um, tell them the process. How did they get a hold of you and how does that work? Okay, thank you. Um, There are a couple ways. One is to just send an email to LLL at circlesanctuary.org. That is the... Um, that is one way to do it. Our preferred method is if they have computer access would be to go to um, the uh, circlesanctuary.org website mm-hmm. and go to the page marked LLL, Lady Liberty right. League. Liberty League, right. Yeah, yeah. And when you go to that page, there's a tab that um, says, help request form and we ask you to fill out that form in order to provide as much information as you can and um, so you know the more information we have when we take a case the 
easier it is for us to hit the ground running. Now, so that's the best thing. When, when they fill out that form and hit submit, it goes to circle office, I think. It goes to Selena, to Casey, and myself. And if we have to, we can forward it on to other people that can help. Um, but that provides us all with the same information at the exact same time. And if it's something urgent that somebody needs, then we, we talk by email or we'll do a quick phone call or we'll talk by messenger or text and decide who's going to do what, and we can do it quickly. If it's something that we can wait and staff at our weekly meetings, we do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just best to give us as much information as possible in the beginning. Um, part of that form asks if we can talk with other people about the situation, and I don't want mm-hmm. people to be put off by that, but that's because if we have volunteers that that can help, you know, if it's a translation issue or let's say it's something in D.C., we have folks that we reach out to there. Um, the other way to do it would be to call the circle office, and mm-hmm. that phone number is 608-924-924. Two two one six, and mm-hmm. it's on. That's on the Circle web page too. Um, but that's gonna then. It's gonna take some time because the office manager will get the call and then send a note to the right. three to LLL, and um, it'll just take a little while because they've also got a lot of other things to do. So right, the, the and the way is that open four hours a day. So. That's right. It is, and it's open, yeah, not on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So the fastest way is, if you've got computer access, would be for them to go to the website, to the LOL page, to the help request form, fill it out, send it to us, because we're going to ask you to do that anyway. Um, uh, is Lady Liberty League on any social media? We are. We are. We're not just on the website, but we have a Lady Liberty League Facebook page. And you can reach us that way. Um, we often get messages. Both Casey and I, we all have access to it, but Casey and I see that more often because um, Selena mm-hmm. gets so much traffic. Um, we right. also, I believe we're on Instagram as well, but there's less activity there. Facebook is the more okay. active, has more activity. And I get a note every time somebody looks at it or likes it or comments on something on that page. Mm-hmm. So that's a great place to post something or even if you see what you think is an incidence of discrimination, but it's in the news, let us know. We'd rather have more information than less. But sometimes we can reach out to help. We, we just had that discussion today. Today was our, we meet usually on Tuesday mornings uh, via a video conference call because we're, um, we're all over the country, and um, we just were talking about the fact, the issue of somebody wanting to copyright the word heathen, and mm-hmm. um, also we were talking, just by way of example, um, some very conservative faith-based folks have a political playbook called Project Blitz. And we were talking about that because it includes um, Project Blitz, includes tenants to try to move schools toward the Christian right and wow. not to be exclusive of other faiths. And that is just one of the, one of the pl- things on their platform. And 
Project Blitz is active in all of our states. So, so we try to be aware of things like that when they come up. So I, I would, would you suggest if we have a listener and they're like, well, I don't know for sure, it's better safe than sorry, they should reach out to you and at least let you make the decision? Absolutely, because um, there might be something, a question I asked that they hadn't thought of or a quest, or something Casey thinks of or knows because we're, used, we're um, a little more experienced in this stuff, um, and then she may include it in an email. Um, it also helps to get an outside opinion if you're really stressed or traumatized by the situation. So, um, I, yeah, nothing is too trivial to reach out to us. We'd rather have somebody reach out than think um, it wouldn't matter or there's nothing that could be done or um, it isn't discrimination. It might be a very subtle form of discrimination, you know, some sort of micro um, comment mm-hmm. or something in the office. Um, Microaggression, that's what they call it when yeah. it's a race issue, but it's the same same principle. So, and yeah, know, reach out. Please reach out. Yeah. Um, um, I hear about some cases. Tell us about the annual meeting. Oh, great. Um, so at the Pagan Spirit Gathering, which, once again, is um, Circle's Summer Solstice Celebration, which is a week long, mm-hmm. um, we have an annual meeting for LLL and anybody that's interested can come, you know, as long as you're registered for the event and we get Mm -hmm. folks from all over the country. In fact, we've had folks from other countries come um, as well. And we'll talk about the trends that we're facing, what folks can do. Um, Like we had a year or two where we were getting mostly um, military cases. Now there's been a Mm -hmm. lot more prison cases. Uh, we'll have years where it's more employment or more school, you know, education system yeah. based. Yeah. And we'll talk about that kind of stuff. We'll talk about what we did we'll, through the year. We'll talk about moving forward. If anybody wants to volunteer, um, they may sign up to do it then. We also have a volunteer form on our Lady Liberty League page. And if somebody is interested in helping with research or something else, um, fill out that form. I'll reach out to you. Um, I, I, t- I will admit I tend to give cases a little higher priority than the volunteers, but I'm, we're trying to um, do that just because the cases are usually um, more time sensitive, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, um, so th- that meeting is at, and this year will be our 35th anniversary, so we're going to be celebrating that. That yeah. is, that's just, that's just amazing. I mean. Isn't it? Uh, I mean, you know. In the and that just and I'm going to ask Elena this as a uh, annual meeting, but in the seven years you've been doing it, have you noticed any changes or shifts or things getting better? What what's some things you've learned? Okay, um, well, one thing that has surprised me, and I know I referenced it several times, but is that how often people really just want somebody that understands their faith. To help them work through a system or work with a bureaucracy, um, that that was a big surprise to me. Um, and then how often actually talking to them rather than um, communicating by email, communicating by email, how the actual conversation and the voice makes a difference. I have noticed that less often now are we having to explain 
what paganism is. See, we haven't had cases like that recently, but right. we did a lot more of that in when I was just starting out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, I had standard emails that I would send, and we had standard letters that, mm-hmm. of course, we'd adjust for the situation, but it was basically, here's what it is, here's mm-hmm. what we believe, you know, right. that sort of thing. Um, and there's less of that, and I think that has to do with the good media that we're getting, and and I mm-hmm. will admit it's probably also to do with some of those shows like Charmed and that sort of thing. Right. But but the good aspect of it, you know, right? So, yeah, it doesn't seem yeah. so scary because they've heard the words. Right, right, exactly, exactly. And it's really helpful to say, you know, what the federal government recognizes us as a faith. Um, mm-hmm. or a group of faiths, and um, as long as they do, it's, you really can't deny that we are. And right. Paganism is the fastest-growing faith group in the country. Absolutely. You have been absolutely delightful. I really want to thank you for taking the time tonight to be on Circle Talk. Thank you so much. Well, you, you're welcome, Deborah Rose. Thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. We all do. And- and remember what Reverend Minerva said. Um, if you want, if you if you have um, a, a concern or yourself, or you hear of cases of concern, to request help, um, you can contact Lady Liberty League by email. You can go to Circle Sanctuary Facebook, or that you can call them. And again, that phone number is 608-924-2216. Besides Minerva, I'd like to thank David, our sound engineer, for his technical expertise. And finally, I'd like to thank all of you out there, our listeners, for your continued support of all of our shows here on Circle Sanctuary Network Podcast, or CSNT. Our next Circle Talk will be Tuesday, February 18th, feature the music of Brian Hinkey. He is the IPMA Award winner for the Best Male Artist 2019. We'll be talking and listening to his music during the show. I look forward to being with all of you all again, so please come back. We're now going to transition our show with the musical selection. Good night, everyone, and blessed be. He is a young African-American male. By the time he hits drafted, he might be dead or live in jail. And he found his life of crime when they said no child left behind. He's an American too She is 90 with dementia all alone Well, her family couldn't take it So they put her in that home And now she withers down to bones At night she gently moans She's an American too She is a young mong refugee She's for a child if her daddy finds out, he will go insanely wild. They say they understand her plight, call themselves the Christian light. She's an American too. And all they want to be free. But greenback dollars can't buy you dignity. Black gold and It is terminal, you he needs a tour. 
Shove a 